Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everyone. My name is Harley Thomas in the studio with Danielle Crapo. Hello, Harley. Well, Danielle, we're at the HP studio today. Yes, we are. We are. You are listening to Blind Living Radio. And you know, you can find Blind Living Radio at blindlivingradio.com. Or we are on iTunes. Search for Blind Living Radio and you'll find us on iTunes. Yep. So today we are joined by Nicole Carr, mm-hmm. who is the author of a book, Now I See You. Yes. So we're going to have her join us by phone. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, though, spring is finally here, I think. Finally. Finally. Thank goodness. Kind of the far end of spring. Yeah, but it's here. Do we think it's going to snow again, though, Danielle? No four-letter words on the show. It, there could be snow. <laughs> and Danielle has used a new service now for snow plowing and shoveling. For her driveway, which is kind of cool that there was a service. You just go on an app and request it, and they show up and do it and send you a picture that they did it. They do. And I've had you verify my pictures, too, so thanks, you, by the way. You have had me verify. And you know what? They do a fine job. They do. I think that's kind of neat. But winter's behind us. Yes. And that all kind of leads into now I see you. Right. I'm right? really excited. Should we get her on the phone, Danielle? Uh, yes, please. All right. I will dial her up. On the phone with me today is the writer, Nicole C. Carr. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Today's episode of Blind Living Radio is of a particular excitement for me. You are a writer, and you write essays and things like that in different magazines, but you've also just written your memoir called Now I See You, right? Yeah. It came out this past June in hardcover. And it's coming out in paperback this upcoming June, and it's available on audiobook, too. Yeah, that's how I I read it on Audible. And you read the book on Audible, right? Yes, which was so, so fun. That's great. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of my favorite reads. Uh, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about your background. How did you end up losing or becoming visually impaired? Well, I have a degenerative retinal disease called retinitis pigmentosa. And I was diagnosed with that at 19 years old. It's a genetic disease, but in my case, I'm the only person in my family to have it. So when uh, I was diagnosed with it, we were really completely blindsided, no pun intended. (laughs) It was something that uh, I really didn't expect. The way I discovered my disease was I went on a romantic getaway at the beach after my freshman year in college with my boyfriend. And we were sort of gazing at the stars, except that I couldn't see any of the stars. So that was kind of the clue that uh, had me going to uh, my ophthalmologist and asking about it. And, you know, from there I was sent to a specialist and, and I was diagnosed with RP. Wow. So that, that must have been a shock for you, especially being as young as you were starting out. You're, you're essentially just now becoming a grown-up, and then now you have to deal with this incredibly difficult change that's happening in your life. Yeah, it was a really crazy age at which to get such a life-changing diagnosis 
because as you mentioned, at 19, I was halfway through college. I had just finished my sophomore year at college. And so I was really just on the cusp of adulthood and really poised to begin, you know, my adult, fabulous grown-up life. So it, it was hard for me at that point to sort of process and digest the information and, and hard to understand what the disease would mean for my future. And in many ways, the diagnosis really transformed the kind of person that I was and changed the person I would be. So one of the things that I really took away from the diagnosis was the sense of urgency in my life, this sense that I really had to carpe diem because if I wanted to see things, I really had to do it now. So that made me transform from a more kind of sensible, cautious girl with a good head on her shoulders to a really bold, reckless woman who climbed every mountain and followed every rainbow. So in many ways, that was a really, really good thing. Yeah, see, for me, I, I have a little bit of a different perspective because I was born legally blind. So like in a way, I don't know what, I, what I'm missing, you know, and so for you mm-hmm. to have to adapt to that, that and for you to have come out ahead is just so inspiring. It's great. I tip my hat to you. What inspired you to write your memoir? Well, I've been writing for many years. I was a freelance writer and I contributed articles and essays to national magazines. And I was working on a, a different kind of memoir a memoir that was really just about becoming a mother and starting a family. It was sort of like this uh, memoir that I ended up with if you took out all of the references to blindness. <laughs> uh, I worked on that proposal for a while, and I just sort of realized that it was missing something really essential. And I remember going back and forth with my husband about what could I add to this project? It was really funny because it was kind of right in front of me, but I couldn't see it. And then my husband said, you know, you could write about your eye disease. And it was a real aha moment where I realized, yes, that's exactly what I need to be writing about. And in fact, I kind of realized at that moment that that's what I've always wanted to write about. And in a way, a very small part of me has wanted to write this book since the time of my diagnosis when I was 19, especially the year or two following my diagnosis, I kept very comprehensive journals. And I think in a way, I was hoping that one day I would be able to write this book and kind of take the struggle that that I had and make it into something that other people could kind of benefit from in some way. So what's the reception been like from the readers that have contacted you or sent you messages or anything like that regarding the book or any of your other writings? Well, it's been amazing. And in fact, it's more than I could have ever really dreamed for. I've heard from so many readers and the messages that I get, I mean, on a daily basis, they leave me in tears. I'm just so touched and moved by these beautiful messages in which people really share bits of their own story. And what I hear a lot is, you know, this book is so close to my own story. Like you could be writing about my life. And that is for me the highest praise possible. It's been so exciting because I've just, in many ways, 
this process of writing the book and then the reception of the book has been a really amazing step of my own journey of acceptance. So it's kind of funny because in the book, the book is all about me kind of accepting and coming to terms with my vision loss. But it's so funny. The part I left out of the book, because it didn't happen until after the book was published, is this whole chapter, which is the book being out there in the world and people reading it and then contacting me so that I have this kind of amazing new support group experience where all of these people are writing to me and telling me about their own struggles and commiserating and relating so much. And I've heard from people all over the country and from other countries, all walks of life, a lot of women, but also a lot of men, a lot of parents. And it's so inspiring because it's visually impaired and blind people who are doing everything under the sun. There's firefighters and therapists and teachers and artists and dancers and they're young and they're old and, you know, people write to me about their little tiny toddlers and then there's, you know, grandmothers that write to me. So it has been just beyond anything I could have dreamed of. And I'm so grateful for the reception. See, and that's one thing our sponsor, Industries for the Blind, is all about, you know, creating employment opportunities for blind and visually impaired people. And that's one thing that is just you never get tired of just seeing the capabilities and the resilience of people who have either, you know, lived with vision loss their whole life or gone through it at a later time in life. And it's just they bounce back with so much energy and exuberance and you just would never know. Yeah. No, I think it's true. And I think it's so valuable and important to see and hear about what uh, other people are doing with the same kind of limitations. So, I mean, if I had known at 19 years old when I was diagnosed, if I had been able to know about the stories of all these people who have written to me, I think I would have felt so much less scared about my own future because, you know, there's just limitless amount of possibilities. And that's proven all the time by all of these people that are doing it. So in many ways, I wish that, you know, I could go back and show my teenage self, look, like, you know, you don't have to worry. All of this is possible for you. But I guess, you know, better late than never. (laughs) That's so true. So we're just actually going to pause here for a quick second. We're going to take a break and hear from Industries for the Blind. You're listening to Blind Living Radio. We'll be right back. Blind Living Radio will be right back after these messages. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. Learn more at IBMILW.com. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Blind Living Radio. My name is Danielle Crapo in the studio with Harley Thomas and on the phone with Nicole C. Carr. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. So before the break, we were talking about the reception that you received from people across the world that have been talking to you about how your story is so similar to theirs and that it's just been so great for you to know that there are other people that have the visual impairment as well. So what, what advice would you give to those who are coming to terms with their vision loss? I would say a few things. The first thing would be to find support network and to find 
other people who are grappling with vision loss themselves. That is something that I did not do until recently. You know, it's something that I talk about at the very end of my book is one of the last steps. And in many ways, I wish it had been earlier because I think it would have sped the rest of the process of acceptance along. Because in meeting a lot of other people who were grappling with vision loss, the amount of information I got about practical things like apps and um, resources and little sort of tricks of the trade, and also just the, the sense of fellow feeling was so bolstering. So that is something that's really important. And I think I was really scared about taking that step but it was so good once I did. So I would say find a local chapter of your blindness organization. Uh, The Foundation Fighting Blindness has been great for me, and there's all kinds of national organizations that have services and support group meetings. I would say definitely do that. And then I would say the second piece of advice would be, you know, it's tricky, but one of the most difficult things that I've had to grapple with is sort of keeping my vision loss a secret. And one of the things that I was shocked to hear after my book came out is how many other people do the same thing. I kind of thought I was the only (laughs) crazy person that was going blind without telling anyone, but it's actually a really, really, really common phenomenon. And the problem with it, I, you know, obviously I understand why people do it because I did it up until a few months ago when my book came out. But the problem with it, of course, is not only are you having to cope with and manage vision loss, but you ha- you're having to sort of maintain the secret as well. And that's extremely draining and exhausting and stressful. And while I can't fix my blindness, I can't cure my blindness or reverse it, I can definitely fix the secret component. That's something I realized that was unnecessary for me to take on. And since coming clean about my secret, it's just been such a tremendous weight off of me and so liberating. And it's freed me up to focus on other things, on more fruitful ways to actually make the most of the vision I have and do the things I want to do despite my vision loss. Thank you. That's great advice. Thank you so much for that. I also wanted to ask you just one more question. Since you mentioned apps and those of us here at Blind Living Radio and a lot of our listeners are huge, huge fans of apps, what is your favorite or what are your favorite apps that you use to kind of help you with your day-to-day things uh, with your vision? Well, let's see. My iPhone in and of itself is indispensable to me because I can magnify it so easily. But the the app that I use the most is this magnifier app called Lumen because I do have a bunch of functional vision left, but I, I have a really hard time with detail and small things. So the magnifier is indispensable. And uh, my flashlight comes in super, super helpful, my flashlight app. And you read my book on Audible. I am an audible addict. That's obviously not, you know, just a a blind thing, but it took me many, many years to get hooked into that. And I only did it when my husband got me a subscription for my birthday. And I have to say it has absolutely transformed my life to be able to listen to whatever book I want on audio. It's really given me a new lease on life because I was such a big, big reader 
And now I get to be a big reader again. Yeah, and with audiobooks, I, I don't know about you, but I tend to stuff my iPhone in my pocket and, like, do the dishes and do the yeah. laundry. And <laughs> I have the earbuds all the time in my ears. Well, Nicole, thank you again so much for being on this show. I really appreciate it. So can you just tell our listeners where they can find your book? Yes, you can find my book on Amazon in all of its forms, hardcover, soon to be paperback, Kindle, which I, of course, am partial to because I can make it big, and on audiobook. And you can find it at a local bookstore near you, hopefully, or on my website, which is NicoleCarr.com. Well, thank you very much. And to all of our listeners, I hope you pick up a copy of Nicole's book, Now I See You. So this has been Danielle Crapo with Blind Living Radio. We'll catch you next time. Harley, that had to have been my favorite call on the show ever. I know you were very, very enamored and very excited about this interview. Hashtag fangirl. Hashtag <laughs> fangirl is right. You know, trying to just keep you from wanting to call her last week was hard. I know. I know. But I'm glad we saved it. It was a great discussion. It was. Thank you to Nicole Carr. Check her book out. Now I see you. It's available everywhere. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to Blind Living Radio from the HP studio in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Harley Thomas. And I'm Danielle Crapo. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. My name's Nicole C. Carr, and you're listening to Blind Living Radio.